0: This episode is brought to you by Yarn. Running out of shows to binge? Check out some of the hit series on the Yarn app. Millions, yes, you heard that right, millions have already binged some of their top series, Mystery Dog, Modern Dating, and Haunted Camper. With over 27 million downloads, Yarn is a must. The format is a little different than the traditional TV series. Imagine binging your favorite characters and series through text interactions right through your phone, almost making it real. Addicting, right? Download Yarn now. Tap through the most addictive and immersive stories today, only on Yarn. Trust me, with over 27 million downloads, Yarn is a must-play. Download Yarn for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Y-A-R-N, Yarn. Download it today to watch, read, and listen to all your favorite fiction stories. From steamy to horror, Yarn has it all.
1: Tell me about Mary Ann. Yeah. And tell me about where you met her
2: at. I've seen her down at the on Seventeenth Avenue, and she had on a short cream miniskirt,
0: mm-hmm.
2: cream and red. So then this opportunity popped up, mm-hmm. take her to the store. I went down to Twenty Seventh Street. That's going down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. called the, the Alligator Alley. It, it turns into, it runs in the Alligator Alley. Right. But the further out you get, mm-hmm. the further you get out of Miami. Right. And you Got vegetation is now where did you take her to continue down 27th, mm-hmm. Got back on 27th. Going outside of my Miami. Okay. Miami. Going away from Miami. going away from Miami. We okay. got down past the uh, past the let's say limits, so I continue on toward Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And I seen a road going off the main road back into vegetation mm-hmm. on the left side. So I got her out of the car, pulled her out, and drug her into the growth back there, and pulled her deeper into There's a path. A little path was running somewhere, I don't know where it led it to, mm-hmm. but it was running deeper into the undergrowth. Mm-hmm. It, it's like uh, Everglades like that. And we ran into uh, uh, some water running. Yeah, but before we got the water, the earth was She fell into her face now.
0: California State Prison in Los Angeles County is located about 75 miles northeast of the Palm Line Boulevards of Beverly Hills. But it may as well be on the moon. Over 3,000 men lived packaged between the sunburnt fields and beneath the lingering, scorching sun. In the middle of a summer day, temperatures can regularly reach over 100 degrees in the shade. The landscape around you is reminiscent of hell on earth, and it would be the perfect home for Samuel Little while he remained on this earth. By the time of his incarceration, Little was wheelchair-bound, suffering from diabetes and a heart condition. He had a dusting of white hair and a beard to match, with age spots freckling his skin. But the evidence of the man he once was was still there a six-foot-three powerhouse with huge hands. He could still make out his strong cheekbones, pale green eyes, and charming face that would have once put his victims at ease. He spoke about how no one could understand how much love was in his heart for the women he killed, his babies. And, even though he would say he felt bad about the pain he put his victims through, thinking about them was the only thing that made him feel alive in his dark cell. So, day after day, he lay alone, Reliving the killings in his head, remembering every detail of every victim he could recall. Alone in his cell, Samuel Little lived in his memories. The faces of his victims flashing before his eyes as he would sketch them, one by one. Providing detectives with haunting portraits of his victims. Crudely sketched faces of the woman he'd killed. One after another, again and again. Samuel Little would tell detectives that he imagined himself as some sort of angel of mercy, commissioned by God to kill. At least, sometimes he did. Other times, he believed he was the devil. For more information surrounding this case and other unforgivable crimes, visit theunforgivables.com, where you can find articles, videos, and more. The Violent Criminal Apprehension Program is both an FBI unit and an information-sharing database that began in 1985. The database enables local cops to enter their findings about violent crimes that can then be compared with other cases nationwide. Los Angeles detective Mitzi Roberts began putting the pieces together and looking into Samuel Little in 2012. And, on the morning of April 2012, there was a case-to-case DNA match, genetic information connecting the murders of Audrey Nelson in August 1989 and Guadalupe Apodaca a month later to Samuel Little, whose DNA had been retrieved in the mid-80s when he'd pleaded guilty to the assault in San Diego. So, Roberts and her partner were assigned to the case. The more they looked into Samuel Little, the more questions they had. Aliases included Samuel McDaniel, Samuel McDowell, Willie Mae Clifton, and Willie Lewis. The detectives ran rap sheets and arrest records, pulled prison packages, did vehicle searches, the works. When the results began to pile up on detectives' desks, astonishment soon turned to anger. It wasn't where Samuel Little had been hiding all these years. The fact is, he hadn't been hiding. He'd been committing crime after crime, right in plain sight. Over and over again, law enforcement had him. They wondered how this could have happened, and most importantly, could they find him now? The detectives spent the next few days talking to investigators in Florida, Mississippi, Missouri, Ohio, Oregon, and Texas. What was becoming clear to everybody was just how slippery Samuel Little was. He had no fixed address, no registered car, no credit card, nothing. The detectives even thought about distributing flyers, but they were worried that Little might see them and be gone forever. But it was a prepaid Walmart card that would give them the break they needed. The prepaid Walmart card in which Little's social security payments were being deposited is what finally helped detectives track him down. It had last been used in Louisville, Kentucky, So with the help of the U.S. Marshal's Fugitive Task Force, Little was located at the Wayside Christian Mission in Louisville and was arrested on the minor drug charge and immediately extradited to a California jail, where, as usual, Little refused to talk, most likely confident of being freed yet again. But detectives had him. Now the question was, could they keep him? After taking DNA from Little and entering it into the VICAP system, they found another match. His genetic material had been detected on the bra and fingernail kit of 41-year-old Carol Alford, who'd been found strangled in Los Angeles in July of 1987. It was all over for Samuel Little. On September 2, 2014, after weeks of testimony from criminalists, expert witnesses, pathologists, police officers, and living victims, a jury convicted Little on three counts of first-degree murder, for which he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. And so, finally, Samuel Little found himself behind bars. Still maintaining his innocence, and with nothing but the memories of his terrible past to keep him company. But, detectives knew there was more to the story. They knew it didn't end there. But, as much as they pushed Samuel Little, he wouldn't budge. Aging and with deteriorating health, detectives just assumed he'd locked away his memories and threw away the key. But they were wrong.
1: You know, he's an interesting person. It's, uh, I guess, hard to describe him. Uh, at first, there was you know, a lot of hatred. He does not like law enforcement. He hates district attorneys. Um, he didn't shut down the interview, but there wasn't a whole lot of interest in communicating from the get-go. Um, so it was a very unique experience. Um, I guess initially, after walking in the door, I, was, um, I go into interviews confident Um, But after walking into the door and after the initial conversation, I started, you know, second-guessing myself. Is this this going to work out? Is this going to to, uh, go anywhere? And, you know, ultimately it, it did.
0: In May of 2018, Texas Ranger James Holland had gotten him to start talking. Holland had heard about Samuel Little after speaking at a homicide investigation conference, when a Florida cold case detective approached him with suspicions about a murder in his jurisdiction. Holland was interested, but he needed a Texas case to get involved. So he reached out to FBI VICAP, who located not just one, but three possible Texas murders linked to Samuel Little. So, James Holland took a trip to California.
1: So it was unknown. There was a lot of um, belief that there was a lot of murders out there. LA had spent some time looking into him. They believed that he would, uh, you know, committed a lot of murders. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement believed he committed a lot of murders. The FBI was convinced he committed a lot of murders. Um, But it was really unknown going in there, had he killed people, you know, absolutely. He had been, uh, you know, arrested and and tried by L.A. And, you know, he most definitely killed three people. Were there more out there? I felt confident there was. The exact number, unknown. Did I think that we would get to 93? Uh, No.
0: When he sat down with Little, Holland began with the familiar routine of just shooting the shit with him, swapping stories and telling jokes. They discussed his hero, Sugar Ray Robinson, and the prize-fighting career he almost had. The deal would eventually go like this. In exchange for talking and his confession, Holland had agreed to move Little out of the middle of the desert to a facility in Texas, where he promised to fly Little in the Rangers' private jet. And as part of the deal, Little had agreed that he would continue to admit to murders across the country and provide detectives with all the information they needed. And so... On a late September morning, the show was about to begin. The moment detectives had been waiting for finally arrived. But if they really thought he was going to unlock his secrets for a lousy plane ride, they were wrong. A camera pointed down on the tiny table where Little and detectives sat together. When suddenly Little shifted in his seat, looked up at the camera, stood up and pounded a fist on the table, detectives sat back in their seats, startled as Little stood before them. Texas Ranger Holland shifting slightly in his chair so that the handle of his pistol were just a few inches further from Little's reach. Spitting at the top of his lungs, Little came down on them. Those dogs, I ain't saying shit. This is bullshit. I ain't telling you fucking nothing. Those lying bastards, fucking cops, they think I did it, so they set me up. They know I did it, so they set me up. Eventually, Sam Little would calm down, sit back in his chair, and confess. In a single, seven-hour confession, Sam Little's life of deep, dark secrets would come to the surface. Little would provide the name of a state and a number. And at the end of the interview, they had 93 victims. Soon after Little's confession, Holland started contacting law enforcement officials from around the country. When Little would say he'd killed a woman in Arizona, for example, detectives would search databases and reach out to police in the city where a murder matched the description. Detectives from those cities would then travel to interview Little, who would detail to them how and when he killed his victims. Often drawing those victims from memory and providing them with another face to enter into their database in hopes that someone, somewhere, may recognize them as their mother, their daughter, their sister, or friend.
2: She was pretty light-skinned, brown, honey-colored kid. And she was about five, she was tall, she was... Tall for a woman, mm-hmm. about five eight, five nine, and it's beautiful shape, and uh, she's friendly. And how much do you think she weighed? Uh, she had a beautiful body, a beautiful hundred and fifty, well put together.
1: And uh, how old do you think she was?
2: She was about thirty. Okay, and she's a black female. Yeah. And tell me where you met her. I met her in, in a, a, a nightclub in New Orleans. Her and her sister was two. She had her two sisters. Her and her two. Her, her youngest sister was having a birthday party. Her sister was dancing with this guy on the floor, and when I come in, she, the girl that I was with offering to dance with me. And while we were dancing, she says, uh, you want you wanna go riding after this, you know, this party's over? We walked outside and she looked and see my car at Lincoln. She said, ooh, you know, that's a beautiful car too. So she had a arm in arm, walking to the car, we got in, stopped at the gas station. We was on the highway 10 and uh, going toward Slide L, I seen the sign say little woods. Mm -hmm. So I cut off, I took off the exit went, and that sure enough was the road leading into the woods. (laughs) And we went in and parked. So we finally got to where we were going, and it was by a a river, a little water thing, and the big, uh, they had a machine out there in that little river. Dredging? Dredging. Okay. I grabbed it by the legs and pulled it to the water. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that I ever k- killed by drowning. Describe the location where <laughs> she's left. Okay, I left her, her head still there in the water. Half her body in the underwater and her thighs and legs on the back.
1: America's worst serial killer has died. His name was Samuel Little and he confessed to more than 90 America's
0: murders. most prolific Equal. serial killer has died. The California Department of Corrections announced the death of 80-year-old Samuel Little at an outside hospital in LA County. The corridor hasn't yet determined the cause of death. Little was serving three life sentences without parole for the deaths of three women in the late 1980s. Before he died, 80-year-old Samuel Little sketched the faces of the women he
1: The FBI is still actively searching for information to connect the dots in several of Little's murders.
0: Samuel Little died on December 30th, 2020. In a Los Angeles County area hospital. Although California Department of Corrections indicate no final determination as to the specific cause of death, Little suffered from diabetes, heart problems, and other health conditions. And, with his death, he took with him all of his remaining secrets. Since then, Samuel Little's portraits were released by the FBI in hopes of someone identifying the women.
1: Tonight. First, haunting portraits drawn by a Georgia-born serial killer. The FBI has released 16 images drawn by 78-year-old Samuel Little of women he says that he killed. He says three of the portraits are women from Atlanta. He claims he killed them in the early 1980s. The Atlanta police are trying to link these victims to any unsolved homicides in the city, but so far they have not been able to corroborate his claims. Little has admitted to killing 90 women between 1970 and 05. He says seven of the murders happened in Georgia. We have all of the drawings the FBI released posted on 11 alive
0: At least one portrait has led to a cold case being solved in Akron, Ohio. The FBI calls the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history confessed to the 1991 murder of an Akron mother. Samuel Little told investigators that he strangled Roberta Tandrick, dumped her in a wooded area in Firestone Metro Park. Her body was badly decomposed and the cause of death was never determined, but now Akron detectives planned to meet with the Summit County Medical Examiner to re-examine this case. Samuel Little grew up in Lorraine. The bureau says he confessed to 93 murders between 1970 and 2005, including several right here in Ohio. About 50 of them have been confirmed. There are over 220,000 unsolved murders in the U.S. since 1980. The case of Samuel Little is just another example of how someone managed for so long to slip between the cracks again and again. When you think of serial killers, you tend to think of fanged creeps hiding out in some dark alley somewhere, just waiting for their victim. But, the truth is that most of those apprehended were in one way or another a pillar of their community and held in high regard by those around them. It's how they managed to blend in, it's their mask of sanity. And sometimes, that mask cracks and you catch a glimpse of the monster beneath. But, in most cases, unfortunately only the victim sees the real monster. That's what makes the case of Samuel Little so much more disturbing. He wasn't hiding. He was in plain sight, committing crime after crime without ever having serving serious time, and constantly slipping through the grasp of law enforcement. He was a monster hiding in plain sight. The image of Samuel Little the world has seen across television screens and newspapers is one of the old, grandfatherly-looking man bound to a wheelchair and suffering from chronic pain. Not the twisted, lustful killer who preyed upon the weak and killed upwards of 93 women with his bare hands. In the end, Samuel Little would take his secrets to the grave. The true number of victims will forever remain unknown. But, with 60 confirmed killings, Samuel Little will go down as one of the most prolific serial killers in U.S. history. Open up a web page and type Samuel Little into your search bar. Click on the first link. You'll find yourself on the FBI website. Scroll down. One by one, colorful portraits of smiling women appear across your screen. Each of them unique, and each of them possessing the spark they once held in life. Now, they are nothing more than portraits on paper. Pieces of a puzzle that hopefully, one day will be put together.